Chapter Seven of A Problem in Modern Ethics by John Addington Simons. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Martin Geeson. With regard to the dignity of man, is there, asks Ulrichs, anything more degrading to humanity in sexual acts performed between male and male than in similar acts performed between male and female in a certain sense all sex has an element of grossness which inspires repugnance the gods says swinburne have strewed one marriage-bed with tears and fire for extreme loathing and supreme desire it would not be easy to maintain that a curate begetting his fourteenth baby on the body of a worn-out wife is a more elevating object of mental contemplation than harmodious in the embrace of aristogiton or that a young man sleeping with a prostitute picked up in the haymarket is cleaner than his brother sleeping with a soldier picked up in the park much of this talk about the dignity of man says ulrichs proceeds from a vulgar misconception as to the nature of inverted sexual desire people assume that urnings seek their pleasure only or mainly in an act of unmentionable indecency the exact opposite he assures them is the truth the act in question is no commoner between men and men than it is between men and women ulrichs upon this point may be suspected perhaps as an untrustworthy witness his testimony however is confirmed by kraft ebing who as we have seen has studied sexual inversion long and minutely from the point of view of psychical pathology as regards the nature of their sexual gratification he writes it must be established at the outset that the majority of them are contented with reciprocal embraces the act commonly ascribed to them they generally abhor as much as normal men do and inasmuch as they always prefer adults they are in no sense specially dangerous to boys this author proceeds to draw a distinction between urnings in whom sexual inversion is congenital and old debauchees or half-idiotic individuals who are in the habit of misusing boys the vulgar have confounded two different classes and everybody who studies the psychology of earnings is aware that this involves a grave injustice to the latter but after all continues the objector you cannot show that inverted sexuality is capable of any moral elevation without appealing to antiquity the records of which confute this objection overwhelmingly one might refer to the numerous passages in ulrich's writings where he relates the fidelity loyalty self-sacrifice and romantic enthusiasm which frequently accompany such loves and raises them above baseness 
but since here again he may be considered a suspicious witness it will suffice as before to translate a brief passage from kraft ebbing the urning loves idolizes his friend quite as much as the normal man loves and idolizes his girl he is capable of making for him the greatest sacrifices he suffers the pangs of unhappy often unreturned affection feels jealousy mourns under the fear of his friend's infidelity when the time comes for speaking about walt whitman's treatment of this topic it will appear that the passion of a man for his comrade has been idealized in fact and deed as well as in poetry for the present it is enough to remark that a kind of love however spontaneous and powerful which is scouted despised tabooed banned punished relegated to holes and corners cannot be expected to show its best side to the world the sense of sin and crime and danger the humiliation and repression and distress to which the unfortunate pariahs of inverted sexuality are daily and hourly exposed must inevitably deteriorate the nobler elements in their emotion give abnormal love the same chance as normal love subject it to the wholesome control of public opinion allow it to be self-respecting draw it from dark slums into the light of day strike off its chains and set it free and i am confident says ulrichs that it will exhibit analogous virtues chequered of course by analogous vices to those with which you are familiar in the mutual love of male and female the slave has of necessity a slavish soul the way to elevate is to emancipate him all that may be true replies the objector it is even possible that society will take the hard case of your earnings into consideration and listen to their bitter cry but in the meanwhile supposing these inverted instincts to be inborn supposing them to be irrepressible and incontrovertible supposing them to be less dirty and nasty than they are commonly considered is it not the plain duty of the individual to suppress them so long as the law of his country condemns them no rejoins ulrichs a thousand times no it is only the ignorant antipathy of the majority which renders such law as you speak of possible go to the best books of medical jurisprudence go to the best authorities on psychical deviations from the normal type you will find that these support me in my main contention these though hostile in their sentiments and chilled by natural repugnance have a respect for science and they agree with me in saying that the urning came into this world an urning and must remain till the end of his life an urning still 
to deal with him according to your code is no less monstrous than if you were to punish the colour-blind or the deaf and dumb or albinos or crooked-back cripples very well answers the objector but i will quote the words of an eloquent living writer and appeal to your generous instincts and your patriotism professor dowden observes that self-surrender is at times sternly enjoined and if the egoistic desires are brought into conflict with social duties the individual life and joy within us at whatever cost of personal suffering must be sacrificed to the just claims of our fellows what have you to say to that in the first place replies ulrichs i demur in this case to the phrases egoistic desires social duties just claims of our fellows i maintain that in trying to rehabilitate men of my own stamp and to justify their natural right to toleration i am not egoistic it is begging the question to stigmatize their inborn desire as selfish the social duties of which you speak are not duties but compliances to law framed in blindness and prejudice the claims of our fellows to which you appeal are not just but cruelly inequitous my insurgence against all these things makes me act indeed as an innovator and i may be condemned as a consequence of my rashness to persecution exile defamation proscription but let me remind you that christ was crucified and that he is now regarded as a benefactor stop breaks in the objector we need not bring most sacred names into this discussion i admit that innovators have done the greatest service to society but you have not proved that you are working for the salvation of humanity at large would it not be better to remain quiet and to sacrifice your life and joy the life and joy of an avowed minority for the sake of the immense majority who cannot tolerate you and who dread your innovation the catholic priesthood is vowed to celibacy and unquestionably there are some adult men in that order who have trampled out the imperious appetite of the male for the female what they do for the sake of their vow will not you accomplish when you have so much of good to gain of evil to escape what good what evil rejoins ulrichs you are again begging the question and now you are making appeals to my selfishness my personal desire for tranquillity my wish to avoid persecution and shame i have taken no vow of celibacy if i have taken any vow at all it is to fight for the rights of an innocent harmless downtrodden group of outraged personalities the cross of a crusade is sewn upon the sleeve of my right arm 
to expect from me and from my fellows the renouncement voluntarily undertaken by a catholic priest is an absurdity when we join no order have no faith to uphold no ecclesiastical system to support we maintain that we have the right to exist after the fashion in which nature made us and if we cannot alter your laws we shall go on breaking them you may condemn us to infamy exile prison as you formerly burned witches you may degrade our emotional instincts and drive us into vice and misery but you will not eradicate inverted sexuality expel nature with a fork and you know what happens that is enough says the objector we had better close this conversation i am sorry for you sorry that you will not yield to sense and force the earning must be punished end of chapter seven part five recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey